Conversations powered by Just Talk and Lisa Listen. This is a new season. It's 2016. We got a new program, a new show. And a new reason. A new reason. For the season. And a lifetime. Yes. Reason, season, lifetime. Love it. Yes. We got a new focus here. I am Jesse Farrell, professional yes. speaker. And I am Lisa Bybee. And you are. What do you do? A VP of Sales and Marketing and podcaster and success coach. Absolutely. Professional speaker, author, podcaster myself. And what are you all about? You know, I'm all about whatever it takes. You know, we just like to do whatever it takes. But uh, but now we're going to uh, sort of do a little more focus on the thing. Not even sort of a big sort- focus, a big focus, a new direction for at the company. And the company, we have actually done a lot of work on the coaching side, on the professional speaking, keynotes, workshop, and training. But we discovered something all of last year that kept ringing out loud is so many companies are starving for how to help that first time supervisor, trainer, and executive. So our new focus is going to be bringing empowering training to first time supervisors, managers, managers, and and executives. executives. That's huge. Mm -hmm. How's Mm -hmm. that leave you feeling? That's a mouthful. It is. But it's pretty powerful as it well. It is. But it, there's a big need out there. And we're going to, th- that actually going to lead into our program today. But before I do that, I want to also talk about, you know, the, the, the podcast itself. What, what, like, what's the whole purpose of doing podcasts anyway? To do what? To, well, the famous word is edutain. Yeah, right? edutainment, but sure. To educate and entertain people at the same time. Yeah, we want to reach people to help them where they're at, wherever they're at. And depending on what that is, sometimes we're the experts that can do it. Sometimes we have to defer and make recommendations and get them to the right experts depending on what their wants and needs are. Exactly. And hopefully it's entertaining enough that they stick with us because the information that we share with them is worthwhile. Solid. Solid. It's the real deal. Yeah. Talk to me about what our topic of today is. Our topic of today is overcoming first-time manager challenges, and I have a first question for you. Okay, what is that first question? Hit I, me did, with I did a little bit of research today. You have been known to do that. So Bloomberg Business, their number one reason why people leave a job. Do you know what that is, Jess? What do I get if I get it right? Whatever you want. Okay, I like that. <laughs> well, how about... As I think about the world that I've come from and the time that I spent in corporate and working for others and so forth. And how long was that? 36 years. Okay, so that's pretty significant that's to significant. have a way in. I would say it probably has to do something to do with either leadership or their managers, probably their, their supervisors and managers. I would say it's probably it. Their immediate supervisor was the exact answer, but I'm sure it's super, supervisors and managers and actually... And, and having, other leaders and executives. Having lived in that world myself for 35 years, I can tell you I personally left three jobs because of my immediate report. When you said you left three jobs because of how, how you felt in dealing with your immediate supervisor, whatever, that, whatever yes. that position was, were those small jobs, medium jobs, or were they big jobs? Big. Big, big. Big responsibility and big pay. Big Yes. So you walked away from big paying jobs because the person before you left you feeling how? What way? That I didn't matter. Wow. Yet I was the number one salesperson. Wow. And that I could, I, I didn't have the time. The time of day was not given to me. I didn't matter. Yet everything had to go to and through my supervisor before I could. Execute. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that. So you leave a high paying job. Because the person just before you is challenged by treating you the way you deserve to be treated, with respect, with integrity, with 
be ingenuous and so forth and so on. And some of the other, probably other things that we may not be able to say even on the air, because oddly enough, inside of businesses, sometimes the people that get promoted sometimes are not the right people or they're not prepared. I believe there was, there was in, I think intimidation by the way I rolled and that she was my direct report. So she could shut me down. Right. And if you can't, serve the company and do your very best why are you there that's why i was hired that's a good point that's a good point here you are providing here you are a wonderful salesperson here you are bringing in the numbers here you are in the number one spot and they don't realize that that's going to cost them to get rid of you well or for you to leave well and speaking of cost what is the cost of losing an employee versus retaining an employee and keeping an employee happy? Do you know, Jess? Yeah, I do. That's a good question because I, too, did a little research. I'm going to read it straight off my screen Shut here. Up. Yes, yes. I did. <laughs> I did. It says, th- this is from one of the big, one of the very big accounting and HR firms. Actually, I should well, say HR. Well, na- name who it is. Let's source it. Well, it's Society of Human Resource Management. That's okay. the biggest that there is in that field. And check this out. Some studies, such as the organization I just mentioned, predict that every time a business replaces a salaried employee, it costs six to nine months salary on average. That's wow. some, those are dollars to chain, yes. For a manager making $40,000 a year, that's 20000 to 30000 in recruiting and training expenses. That's reported in HR at the top top of HR okay. organization. Do we? Do, did you also do the research to know what it would take to retain I, the I, employee I versus did, the employee turnover? No, I didn't. But we're going to bring that back on another program because yeah, I'm going to do some really deeper research. I would like to, to do some number. deeper research, and we'll talk about that. But but still, even this this is a major expense to replace someone that may want the job, they love the job, but can't or not able to really do the job because of their supervisor or manager. And, and that was on a low level, right? right. So well, so. And it was $40,000? No, the, this the, the, what I, this study was talking about uh, for salaried employees. So don't call it necessarily a low level. I, I mean, it, everything's relative. $40,000 to someone that makes $8 an hour is not low. Okay. So, But if they brought us in and did training for a year, would it co- what what would the expense of that be in comparison oh, to it's, that? It's, yeah, you're talking about putting a lot of money back on the bottom line is what you're talking and about. Ke- and, and making it a more uh, cohesive and workable environment. Exactly. Well, and, and companies actually have brought us in to do that. So just so that you mentioned, let's talk about there, there are some big name companies out there that we've actually done some incredible work. MGM Res- Resorts International is one of those companies that we've gone in and we've done some workshops and some training, some development with their leaders at the supervisor, manager, and executive level. And those programs have turned out phenomenal. They really have. And they, they have helped them to, to help people that are on the team decide whether they want to be on the team and work up and into the organization, or maybe there's something else out there for them that's better. But how do we start doing that with these companies? What is the, the magic? The, that's a the, very good question. The first place that we like to start and that people like it when we start there also is we start right there is right where they live at. We start, if it's if whether it's the supervisor or the manager or an executive, we start with them. We ask, we, we do an analysis and we do a diagnostic on how they're doing what they're doing. And then we get in touch with them for them to get in touch with themselves. We do a color code personality science is people science profile on them as an assessment 
that helps them get themselves and sometimes for the first time understand their character, why well, they do what themselves. they do. We work with people that are age 60, 70, and 80 years old that have come to aha moments that they never fully understood what made themselves tick. Exactly. And that's what, just understanding your character, what what that will do is bring them to the space of letting them know what their wants and needs are based on how they're naturally hardwired. Strengths and limitations. Strengths and limitations at the innate core level. Which, what, what, in fact, Color Code calls it determining their driving core motive. Driving core motive is what why you do what you do. And where is that coming from? If, are you motivated by the power of getting things done? Are you motivated by... By, which is red. Which is Let's a red color. Let's call it what it is, yes. yes. Yellows are motivated by? Fun. Yes, and whites are motivated by inner peace. That would be me. Yeah, they don't like conflict or confrontation. And? And blues are mo- motivated by intimate conversation. And, and being understood. They like being understood. Yes. So when people get that at that very basic level, it is a huge aha moment. And oftentimes for the first time, people are, they see it. And then we, then we take them through the process to test its accuracy. We're discovering that the color code has between a 95 and a 97% accuracy in terms of the results that come back. So we start with that supervisor or manager or leader, starting with them. But let's go back to just because we're talking about MGM Resorts International right As now. As an example. So the team that you're working with, that supervisor pulls out that sheet that tells him what all of the codes are for all of the team before he has any meeting so that well, he knows how to speak their language. Well, right? let's back up. You're, you're correct, but let's back up a little so that our, our viewers and our listeners know exactly what we're talking about. Once the leader has taken it, in this particular case, it's an executive leader that has taken it and understood it and enrolled it in, mm-hmm. him, in his own space, in his own life. He then Personally has and professionally, it, generally. Correct. He then has his entire team take it. So he, all of those folks take it and then we do a workshop to help them understand and get it so much better and then teach them how to enroll it. So when you say he takes out the sheet, what we provide for him is a, is a full updated sheet on the exact color code results for every single person on, on his, his team, team, including his administrative assistant and himself. Yes. And he periodically goes back to give them a refresher course so to make sure they're not losing it. And then we help them enroll it. And so that's how he – so when he goes to have a conversation with someone, he can break out – his as he's learning this very soon he starts to learn exactly what their codes are without looking at the sheet but as a you know as a process of development he can look at that to see what their actual distributions are so he can speak their language in order to communicate at the higher level to help them get what they want and the company to meet their needs all of that yeah and on that note mgm resorts international is one example but the other example from the industry I came from broadcasting. Lotus broadcast. We went into Lotus and yes. we color coded their team of thirty because they have several radio stations. Their leadership team and their uh, sales and marketing team, right? Right. Okay. So Tony Benici said this was an in, in, continues to be an invaluable tool. When he calls somebody into his office, it's the first thing that he pulls out. He carries it in his briefcase right. daily because if there's a conversation that he needs to have with one of his members. He speaks their language. He speaks their language on a on a. First off, Tony Benici is one of the smartest guys that you'll meet. He's the, he's, cool, the coolest. Yeah, he's, he's got great intelligence anyway, and he's always and he does care about people. So he's always, as a leader, he's working to figure out how he can serve his people. Mm-hmm. He really is good that way. But this gave him extra tools in his arsenal to now help them more effectively by getting where they 
you know, like where they come from, what motivates right. their behavior. Exactly. And so that was good. In fact, let's talk about, I, I wrote a few notes down on some of the problems that you think about it. When, when most people get hired and they do a job, let's say a sales job yeah. and they start killing it, they're number one in sales year after year after year. And they go, wait a minute, we, this, we have a sales team. This person should be in charge of our sales team. They typically, when they get promoted, whether it's a supervisor or a director or a manager, whatever that position is, where they're overall, say, a, sta- a group of 10 or 15 or 20, whatever the number mm-hmm. is, they typically don't get the training that comes along with that. What they get is they get the job because they were so good at the job before. So they just immediately assume that they can handle the next level. Exactly. Because they've done such a great job killing it in sales. Exactly. That they can knock it out of the ballpark being a manager. Exactly. But they really haven't been trained on how to manage people. Yes. And what motivates people. They know what they do. And, and what they business know- are we in, Jess? The business of... You know, I'm talking about first-time supervisors, managers, and leaders, and uh, executives. The people business is yeah, what I was looking for. Yeah, of course. We are in the people, and those are people that I just mentioned. <laughs> That's but right. thank you for that. That's right. But, but, but I want to talk about these notes here. So the notes I wrote are what's typically missing because they don't get the proper training. They just get it because, well, that's only one of the reasons why they get it. What are some of the other reasons why people get that next level? Maybe who they know, right? Well, and typically many companies want to hire within, right? not without, because right. they've had longevity. They've sure. proven themselves in their jobs. So they go to, to hire within because that person has maybe not missed a lot of work, done all the right things, but maybe don't know know all the right things. Exactly. So they put them in the job and then they get there and it's like kindergarten, they're starting all over because they don't know what they don't know. They do. And some people find themselves in that next level due to attrition. Sometimes a, a number of people leave the organization for whatever reason and they're the ones, they, they're the it. They're okay. what's left. Well, here is a question for you. Okay. Recent, this is, came from a manager. Okay. Recently, I was promoted from within the organization to lead the department that I was part of. Now I'm managing direct reports who used to be my peers. How do I best transition from these peers to new boss? That, that's actually, a, that can be a very difficult transition. The first place that that person can transition is, is as we started earlier, get in touch with yourself first. Know, know your value system. Know what motivates your behavior. Know your character. Really get that down. And be secure with self. Many people are Correct. insecure. Correct. Start with self first. Right. Once you get where well, you're comfortable with that and make that an accelerated process, then take a look at your team. Mm-hmm. Pull your team together and say to your team, team, I know that you guys all realize that I am new to this position and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you right now for your support and help and developing up and into this position. One place I'm going to start I'm already asking you, but one of the first places I'm going to start is by giving something to you. So I want to get an assessment. I've taken an assessment of my own strengths and limitations. I'm going to offer that assessment to each and every one of you. Let's, I want you to get to know yourselves at a higher level, and we'll use this for us to get to know one another as I mature into this next level process. Start making connections with it's that It's a bonding. Team. It's a kumbaya. Yes, because you don't. they know you just got promoted, and they realize you even if you had training before you got there, they realized that you're new to that position. But many are resentful because they well, were e- equal, and now all of a sudden, wait a minute, we were equal and we were friends, and now you're my boss. Right. They, 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 that's a very true statement. And it's hard for people to be resentful when you're giving things to them, when you're giving meaningful, valuable things to them. Like I just mentioned, that leader or that manager can right. 
take it on themselves first and then offer to the team as a transition, as a development piece. While he, he or she is developing, he or she can be developing the team as one unit. But one thing about that is that voice may not be respected. And I At think, first. I think it takes an outside source to come in and speak that language so that it can be heard in a different voice, not the voice that was just my peer. Like, I totally who, agree. Who are you to be I, telling me this? That's a great. That's a great correction. What we're saying is the leader or manager or supervisor that just got promoted amongst his peers does it does the examination for himself and brings qualified professionals, well trained yeah, professionals. Not that person to come in and say, "Hey, take this and let's." Yeah, have but a- still, it's still that person's offering. That's my point. I didn't mean he he or she could do it because they just learned it themselves. Right. I meant he or she can offer it, and then that training facility, whether it's our company or another company, comes in and serves as that vehicle of exchange right. to bring that understanding to a higher level. Yes. So, yeah, that, that's what I would say is to, is to seek to earn that credibility, earn that respectability. Don't just assume by positional authority because you become their boss. And early on. Well, like I said, that's the first thing. Yes, yes. Yes, early okay, on. Okay, so one more thing I have for you. Okay. Teamwork is another challenge I struggle with. I get a sense of every man for himself attitude in my group with a reluctance to jump in and take co-ownership of projects and tasks. Well, as they say, teamwork makes the dream work. And just because they say it's team or teamwork and he get, he or she gets into an environment and it doesn't feel like teamwork and you can feel that divisive nature right. or the one up, whatever, just because you say it's a team, it isn't. They have to get to a reality-based perspective and really build the team, not just say we're a team. Mm-hmm. So that happens in a lot of companies where they call themselves team and they're really not. There's a lot of insecurity going on around there. There's a lot of hierarchy bumping going on. There's a lot of ego, ego and attitude and temperament. All that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And the leadership from the top down has to emphasize the teamwork really does make the dream work. And we are a team. They have to see that at the top from the executive level, the leadership level at the top. Mm -hmm. And then has to be funneled all the way down. And it has to be an insistence that this is the culture that we breed here. Mm -hmm. And you work up and into this culture or we can help you find somewhere else to work. Right. Period. Right. Full stop. That's it. So that's what I would say to that person is don't be fooled by the fact that they call it teamwork or a team atmosphere when really every it's every man for themselves. Call it what it is. I agree. I have one more few. Why are why are organizations not adequate adequately preparing people to lead? A lot of times it comes from uh, they don't know what they don't know. A lot of times the emphasis gets placed in other areas of the organization. A lot of times it gets p- placed in the numbers. It gets, it gets placed in the outside clients that they serve. A lot of times they don't recognize that it takes an internal client to serve an external client. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes the benchmarks and, and parameters of success are not focused on the inside game. Right. It's an outside results-driven game. So they don't know what they don't know. In fact, that leads right into what I, I, I wrote a number of things down. Uh, number one, missing the ability to connect with others. It's huge. Missing the reach factor, reach standing for responsibility, engagement, accountability, connection, and how you leave them feeling. Understanding that that's a leadership perspective, that teaching people exactly what each and every one of those letters mean and how to enroll that, I know that that's missing a lot of times. Oftentimes, they don't know their roles. Oftentimes, they don't know, as I mentioned earlier, what they don't know. Uh, There's a large fear factor 
that perpetuates their behavior as well. When they're fearful, they behave in a different way, in an odd way. And how about in the, 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 the whole matter of understanding how much they matter and their value and their worth and what they are able to give to the organization? Okay, here's a stat quoted by the um, Center for Creative Leadership in okay. 2014. You're full of stats today. You've well, got them. This is good. You know what? It makes things. It mixes things up a little bit. It does. Fifty percent of managers are ineffective in organizations. Fifty percent of managers are ineffective because lack of training. Really? Because of lack of training and development, lack of focusing in the right place on the right things. I think when we in an organization, if, if we focus, you know, in only in a myopic perspective, only on the numbers. Well, what drives the numbers? People, people drive the numbers. Absolutely. Right? So as we can start to focus, shift the focus on the people part, the people aspect of what we do, and improve the quality of how we are with ourselves and with one another, that can be the largest thing that can happen. I think of, n- number one, knowing self and understanding others, huge right. paradigm shift right. to get over. Doing the work, once you know yourself and you've got that evaluation, you're not done. Because if there's strengths and limitations, how do you, wh- what do you do about that? To take, to take, whether it's the color code or Enneagram or Myers-Briggs yes. or DISC or any of those, none of that matters. A lot of people can talk about or brag about what their results are in terms of classification of result. But how do many you, do the work? But after, what are you doing about you, no, it? How many after they take it, smaller look per, at it, Much smaller it, percentage. They take it that day and they put it in the drawer and they never look at it again. But they get to tell you that I'm a blue-red or I'm a white-blue or I'm a high-D or a low-I. If it's color code. Well, I'm just saying, also, if it's DISC, they can say, well, I'm a high I or low D or whatever. They can give you the letters of the assessment, but what what value is that if you're not doing something with the results? So when you have, in the color code, if you have limitations, now your goal is what do I have to enroll in my life to blow out these limitations? Right. And the whole point of that is to raise the quality of your character so that you can speak everybody's language, not just your own language. Right. So, so doing the work is, is good. I got just a, one more. And then, the, then followed by knowing yourself and understanding others and doing the work is accountability and measuring. Mm-hmm. Make sure there's accountability stick within. Not, don't leave it just with you. Enroll accountability partners and measurements. Measure where you are when you start. Look at the distance of, of, that you have to go to get to where you want to go and measure that process. And typically with a manager, they don't feel comfortable telling the truth. Have an outside source where you can go tell the truth of what's happening. I like that. That's very true because in the inside, a lot of times we- They're scared and fearful to tell the truth. Yeah. They may lose their job because of it. Right. And we play a cover game a lot of time on the inside. The mask. Yes. We put the the mask mask on so that we fit in, so that we're doing what we think- we are told to do and playing the game, playing going the game. along to get along. Exactly. And what that does, that brings organizations to the bottom. At right. some point that will show up in the numbers. Yep. And it happens all the time. You have major companies that lose it and go out of business because they haven't focused on the inside game. Absolutely. And I can think of a couple examples. I won't name the name of the company, but there's there's an example that I'm thinking of from the past where it's a it's a Fortune 500 company that that's very well known and and a very solid industry where the leadership at the at the top level of the department that I worked in was so fragile and so I like old school I like right. old school and new school this person was stuck in old school and every time that 
she wasn't 100% in on every intimate detail of who's talking to who and what they're saying and all this gossip drama no stuff. not gossip just even if someone was having a conversation with with a person of a higher stature mm-hmm. that petrified her and if she didn't know exactly what was going on she, you, you, i can tell you right now your job was in jeopardy that's an old school perspective right and all well, that with, with hr hands-on now that won't stick around very long well let's just say that it let's up, just say that it's it's three strikes you're out you mean for the leader or for the person that's in trouble by the well, leader? Well, if somebody notices that and somebody goes and reports it, somebody's going to address that. And back then, they probably got away with it a lot more than they do today because it, of- it, you could you could have a point there. I won't I won't argue because I don't know for sure, but I say you could have a a point there. But I also believe a lot of things get slid under the radar. I also believe that hierarchy in an organization oftentimes gets more light than the people lower on the totem pole. Unless somebody lower on the totem pole keeps saying. This is happening. This is happening until somebody has to pay attention because the squeaky wheel gets oiled. Let's say that we hope that that has some validity and it does show up in in the workforce because I believe that's the best for all. Right. So let's say that we do. But the point I was getting there in this situation, the entire team, I'd say not entire, I'd say good 75 percent of the team was dismantled because that that leader was allowed to lead poorly at that level like that. Which, again, people end up leaving because they're shut down. They're not heard because of this one person on top that gets to say so. Exactly. I totally, so, I totally agree. One more thing I'd like to say. Okay. One of our former clients at the C-suite level posted this quote. A bad manager can take a good staff and destroy it, causing the best employees to flee and the remainder to lose all motivation. That you know, I don't want to keep repeating what I just said, but the 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 story that I just shared without the names that was that situation. Right. But I believe that th- this wherever you found that is spot on, because when when good people leave organizations, the organization has to take a look at the dynamic of what's going on, what's causing that. And I I don't know exactly why people don't do it. Can you give any thought to why people don't? Take a look at that when you see the really good people leaving. That's To me, that's scary. Let me just speak from experience. A job that I had for eight years. Okay. One of the newer stations in town. Okay. That person assembled a fabulous team. Okay, first class team. Someone came in and started changing the dynamics. She still had her position, but she was tired of the person above her playing the antics and not so above board stuff. Sure, sure. She left, and and because of that one move of her leaving, that station was never the same and ended up going out of business. Wow. So, I mean, that is one hell of a story. Wow. So what that story does is support the turnover ratio that we talked about earlier and the cost of turnover, but that is the maximum price to pay for good people leaving an organization. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's the maximum amount of pay to pay for that. And, the, and, and I, and I, I have to wonder those people that left the organization before it failed, if they didn't see its failure coming. I'm sure you, well, you can feel it. Yeah. You can definitely feel it. You know, it's like in the air. There, there's no energy moving in the place. Everything just stops. Like there's a, 
there's been a death. Yeah, it honestly. is. It, it is an energy shift that causes that challenge. Yeah. While we're, while we're, let's make a shift here. Let's yes. talk about where people can actually find us. Do you have that on your screen, or do you want me to I read sure that? I sure do. Talk to me. Where can they find us? iTunes, Apple TV, Roku TV, Stitcher, Google TV, YouTube, RSS feed, Facebook, Twitter. And of course, the one and only Vegas Video Network. Yay! Yay. That's so cool. For sure. No, very good. Very good. And who do we have coming up next week, Jess? Well, I'll I'll tell you who we have coming up next week. First, I want to say that we have a conversations uh, live event that we're going to be doing that's by special invitation only. If those folks out there are listening to this program, January 17th. Exactly. January 17th, if they're listening or watching this program. First 10 people. There you go. I believe there might be at this point. Four seats left. Uh, you know what? You're watching that, so I'm yep. going to say, yeah, yep. that's probably so accurate. Email us at feelings at justtalk.com if you're interested, and I'll give you the details on where to come and what time. Okay, I like that. Well, who's coming up? And I want to make sure I pronounce his, his name correctly. Would, is, would I pronounce that name Cynic? Yes. Okay, it's Hugh Cynic, Vice President of Customer Experience at Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. And you know what? That's he a big is deal. So th- He's I got ne- some polish, I've that never guy. seen a guy... Not one guy in my entire 50 plus years that's more passionate about his job than this guy yeah. ever. And good at it. Very. Not only is he passionate about it, he's very, very so good stay, at it. So we're you looking gotta forward to stay tuned for this guy. Definitely he is looking forward to amazing. that. It's going to be a great program. Yes. Well, back to this program today. Talk to me if there's, is there a takeaway that you can share or, or what did you like best about this program that we can share with the viewers? That there is help if there's anybody out there in a in a, a first time manager supervisor executive level that thinks that there isn't help there is help so I've been in that situation where I've I've been a helpless and didn't think that there was anywhere to turn but there is yes I think that's really good I, that's a, that's a great takeaway and I'd also echo that it's good to get started out the first of the year with the focus on where we are now focusing on truly bringing that value and that support to first time supervisors, managers, and leaders, the executives, to, to help them. Because there are a lot of first-time executives that, yeah, they're in a super big job, but how do they know how to be in that job? I mean, they were good below at the manager and supervisor level, but how do they know how to be a VP of operations or VP of marketing or whatever it is? Well, let's just say when you exited the industry, you wrote a book, and it was all about how you leave them feeling. Absolutely. 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 